Hello once again, everybody. I am the Common Sense American, and I really hope you're having a great week so far. There's news that uh, the House Oversight Committee has some new evidence about Joe Biden and his family. Uh, the latest memo from uh, Committee Chairman James Comer says that they've acquired all kinds of evidence, apparently, quote, thousands of records from four different bank subpoenas that show uh, that when Biden was vice president, uh, he and his family set up, uh, I think, 20 uh, different companies, and that resulted in over $10 million in money slowly funneled to various Biden member accounts. Um, even, uh, you know, people who they're married to, Hunter Biden, his wife and all that. Uh, Chinese nationalists and other CCP enterprises are involved in it. Look, it's, it's a big thing. I'm not saying it's not. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm surprised. Um, let's, let's all face it. Nothing's going to happen. It, it's, it, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant because these people are immune. In all totalitarian and authoritarian regimes, such as this one is, as we've seen, these people are immune. Nothing will happen to him, just as nothing happened to Hillary Clinton. Um, nothing. It, it won't matter. You can... The, it's not that I don't want these things to come to light. Um, it just bothers me that we're wasting time and, and taxpayer money on all these investigations when we all know that it will result in nothing. Uh, Biden will not be impeached. He won't be arrested. He won't be charged with any crime. And neither will Hunter. We, we all know this. Um, you know, at the most, you can expect some sort of slap on the wrist for some sort of tax evasion, whatever. It, it, it doesn't matter. So don't get in a little twist about it. I've said before that the worst thing you can do right now in this environment is to get all bitter and twisted about uh, things you just can't change. And that's one of them. Um, but, and I've spoken before about what we're talking uh, in terms of a national divorce. Uh, Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene had called for that officially several months ago. And other people say it's not a bad idea and it just has to be done because there is no common ground left between the two sides. Um, there's, and when you have that, you just, you can't live together. And I, I made that point in, in previous podcasts. And I said, it doesn't have to be official. We don't have to draw up any lines on a map. The bottom line is people are going to do it anyway. We're already seeing it. The, the populace will do it of its own accord because they just don't want to be around each other. So people will just separate themselves into the two opposing camps. Um, we are seeing that. But there's something else that's far worse than this, honestly, and it's the, it seems to be the breakdown of society and civilization uh, that is accelerated to an alarming pace um, in the few years after COVID. Um, and I think that, I've said many times that I think COVID just caused people to go off the deep end. Um, they, the, the regime absolutely pushed the fear porn relentlessly, mercilessly, ruthlessly, knowing full well that they would terrify a fair percentage of the populace for the rest of their lives. And they absolutely wanted to do that, make no mistake. Um, and they've succeeded. Um, there are people wandering around right now who will never, ever, as long as they're alive, take a mask off. It will always be on. Um, they, will, they will take anything that they're told to take in regards to, you know, new strains. They'll take any vaccine, well, any vaccine, it's a drug, because it doesn't do anything. It doesn't prevent you from getting it. And it's, as far as I'm concerned, highly questionable to do as to whether or not it actually helps. 
especially boosters. The idea that these things don't have side effects is a lie. They absolutely do. Uh, the question is just how severe. Um, uh, but anyway, the, the point is that people seem to have gone increasingly out of their minds in the past few years and on both sides. And I'm not just talking about in the political sphere. I'm talking about the day-to-day -day process of how people live their lives. I I'm not that old. I'll only be, I'm only 44. Um, and there are plenty of you I know in the audience who are older than I am. And you must see a much even greater gap between the way things are now and the way things were 30, 40 years ago. Um, and I, I see it because I watch a lot of classic film and I, I, I read a lot of history and I try and see the way things used to be in, in the world and in our country. And obviously some of the, uh, the clear differences, you know, people used to dress, people used to actually, you know, wear clothes. Um, they used to actually care about their appearance. Um, there used to be such things as manners and etiquette and civility. Um, that took place between people even on an, a, any given street. We have none of that now. That's all completely gone um, because the powers that be have decided it's all elitist and pompous or whatever. So now everybody's exactly the same. They're just a bunch of pigs running around in the trough. Uh, that's sort of what it feels like. Um, but there is no sense of pride in, in, in how you look. There's no sense of pride in your job and how you perform. There's no sense of um, accomplishment or achievement. We're told that that's bad. Um, so when you tell somebody it's bad, they just sit and do nothing. Um, there's, there's no sense of this drive that caused this country to become number one in, a, in, in just about every important category. Um, all of that has declined and just if you just it, it's the eyes and ears test right when you go about your daily business i mean what are you seeing and then don't just accept it all as normal compare it to not even that long ago how things were now to me first like just as an example it seems to me that people driving are insane um there, it, I just remember things being pretty steady and normal. And most people would just drive basically the same way everywhere they went. Um, everybody was sort of in that same, you know, every once in a while I'd come across somebody going 100 on the highway or going 12 or something, you know. But it was very rare. The outliers were rare. The extremists were rare. The, 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 all of that behavior was, you almost never came across it. Now I can't go anywhere. From, I can't go more than 10, 15 miles, can't be out for more than 15, 20 minutes without coming across some seriously bizarre, unsafe, nuts behavior. And again, on, on either side, uh, I'll come back uh, on, on the highway from somewhere, say it's 9 o'clock at night or something, and there will be, I'll be going 80, and there will be three cars that fly by me, 95 to 100, easy. And then I'll come up on somebody who's going 26, who barely functioning, weaving all. And this, this is the kind of thing that, so you have to be extra vigilant because you have to deal with both extremes, right? You have to deal with, and, and people doing really odd things, making very strange, questionable, even stupid decisions, uh, seemingly incapable of either controlling the vehicle or they're obviously distracted. They've got their screens in front of them or they're talking or whatever it is. They can't seem to function. They can't seem to make this work. 
everything is very chaotic. Every, it seems like less and less is predictable. And I am in the same area I've always been growing up. I'm, on the, I'm driving the exact same roads. And I, so I think I, I'm, you know, I'm qualified to make a direct comparison. It's just completely insane. And this, I think, is a great analogy to the way people are. People are just becoming more extreme one way or the other. And they're acting more extreme one way or the other. Every Each side is pushing the other side to become more extreme. People are just not caring very much about what they do in their day-to-day lives. It's almost as if they just expect the world to end tomorrow, the Civil War to start tomorrow, and to hell with everything. Uh, and, and, you know, on top of that, you factor in the toxic, dangerous, destructive uh, leftist ideals of, again, not taking pride in anything that you do, not believing that a work ethic actually has any real, you know, oh, well, that's dangerous, you'll get an ulcer, um, you know, or, or the idea that doing things for yourself apparently is a bad thing. We're just supposed to let all the so-called experts do everything for us. Uh, we're going to, and we're not going to learn anything, ever. The lack of self-sufficiency on the part of the average citizen right now should terrify you. They can't do anything. Really, honestly can't do anything. And they apparently have no ambition to do anything or to learn anything new uh, about anything. About their lives, about their own health, about their homes and property, and about... Uh, new stuff that they can try, new stuff they can do, things that they can learn to maybe save some money or to acquire a different sort of skill. People, my grandparents' generation and the generations before that just continually acquired new skills as they got older. They just by, A, force a habit because you, you sort of had to, especially uh, in the older days when the country was first developing, you, you, con- you constantly had to adapt. You constantly had to... to um, uh, create a new life for yourself after the depression i forget what the percentage is but it's like 60 or 70 percent of the populace had to go back when they went back to work they went back to work at a job that they'd never done before because it was what was available and they they needed to put food on the table um and what they were willing to do during that period of time is anything and what the and 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 the ingenuity that they had to display at home for example um if you didn't know how to sew as, as a woman, for example, at home. You, you darn well learned quick when you couldn't afford clothes ever. Um, if you, you know, mend and things like that. If you, if you didn't know anything about carpentry or something, you couldn't afford to have someone come fix your house. You're going to learn it pretty quick. We are so unbelievably spoiled that I worry that we can't survive anything, any significant change. And we're not capable of dealing with it. The cracks of society and civilization go beyond um, just the surface where dealing with other people and how people deal with each other, it's become, everything is becoming much more hostile. Everything is becoming much more tense. Uh, the violence has erupted uh, in, in all spheres. That alone is scary enough. And, and you, know, you combine it with, again, no manners, no etiquette, nothing. We don't believe in it anymore to hell with it. Um, which is wrong. You know, we feel like we'll just go back to the jungle and apparently that's better somehow. That's what the Democrats think. Um, But it goes beneath that. When you look at how our daily lives are changing 
and how people are going about their business, which is to say, not well. They're, they're not doing what they need to do. Human beings are meant to continue to strive and push forward and not fall into a rut and certainly not go, you know, fly off the beaten path and start to become uh, extremist in your own life. I mean, I suppose it's one thing if you hold certain extreme views politically, but when it affects your life and starts to affect, affect those around you, you know, it just becomes more and more insane. Law and order is falling apart. We're not, they're just not doing it. We all know about some of the bigger stories like uh, California, people who just steal up to $1,000 worth and just get away with it. Uh, the revolving door of justice has been there for decades, but now it's to the point where, you know, police are quitting because there's no point, there's, there's no reason. And of course, the criminals are going to just go, oh, well, there's nothing they can do to me. I'll do whatever I want. And that, of course, is also contributing to the downturn. Um, it's the same reason why, you know, I'm hearing that there are no road rules anymore, obviously, because the only reason people are doing this and acting this way is because there's no punishment. The only way that somebody's going a hundred and not being punished for it, uh, the only way they're doing it is they're not being punished for it. The only way it's happening. The only reason these assholes on these motorcycles that are completely illegal, and by the way, written by a lot of the same people who claim to be all about law and order and back the blue and all that, and they break 12 rules of the road every time they get on these things and ruin summer days for everybody else around them with completely illegal straight pipes and a million other things. You can't ride side by side, which they do. It's completely illegal. It's not a parade. That's against the law. You can't have your handlebars over your head. We have all these rules in place that every single one of them, they're breaking them all. And no one, no cops, at least around me, ever does anything. When my father, who was a motorcycle repairman when he was young, when he was even fixing bikes, he couldn't even get uh, like a half a mile with a, with a bike that doesn't, didn't have a muffler before he was pulled over. And with a pretty sharp reprimand that says, if it happens again, we're taking it away. Now no one cares. No one gives a crap. That, again, just a small example. Small example of what's going on in the road versus what's going on, you know, and everywhere else. People being able to steal whatever they want up to $1,000. People squatting on other people's property. Squatters and homeless people and saying, yeah, go ahead and try and get me off. Because we've decided that we don't want to be in a society that has anything to do with laws or responsibility or discipline. We're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to play the political race card every single chance we get and, and, and coddle everybody to within an inch of their lives to the point where no one can do anything and everybody who's working has to support all the deadbeats and losers and criminals on the planet. And the problem with that is the deadbeat losers and criminals are going to increase rapidly in number when we do this because there's all the incentive in the world to do it when there's no punishment, no consequence. It's the same reason why I've had people who have quit their jobs just to get better insurance or at least some insurance because they'll just go on the state. And they're cared for better than I am. Way better insurance. I mean, it, when, when it costs, you know, four or $500 a month for an average person with virtually no health problems to get health insurance, only because we have billions and trillions of, illegals, of illegal aliens floating into the country that get this stuff for free. Not to mention the people who abuse the medical system because they're so colossally unhealthy and they need that kind of attention. Well, I don't, but I still have to pay these exorbitant premiums because of them. All of this, having to deal with the, the slime and, and growing hostility and crime is causing a crackdown of all of society. Everybody is just, they're getting more and more crazy because... 
they're faced with a seemingly impossible situation. The few people left who do take pride in their job and their appearance and believe in discipline and ethics and morality and all these things, uh, they're starting to realize that they are going to be enslaved. And they already are in some ways. It's all going to fall on them because nobody else wants to do anything and nobody will do anything to stop those people from existing. We're supposed to try and incentivize uh, good, lawful behavior and hard work. That's not what we're doing. Every single move that these idiots take incentivizes the precise opposite. They'll no longer punish anybody for anything, eventually. You got the idiots in California talking about reparations for people who, for no other reason than the color of their skin. They didn't do anything. They don't get any. That's going to fall again on the people who actually work and do their jobs, and <laughs> that's all it is. Blood guilt, by the way, is a very old, um, very old uh, custom uh, dating all the way back to the Vikings. Uh, you know, family feuds going down through generations. It, uh, it's never good. It never works uh, to force people who have no responsibility to, to to the past of anything to do with anything to force them to pay for what somebody uh, two hundred years ago did that they have no connection to at all. Besides, you know, being in a bloodline. They didn't do anything, but we're going to still punish them. This never works. Um, and if that's the case, we need to start. Then everybody on the entire earth is deserving of reparations because everybody, everybody has an ancestor who did something bad to somebody else. Every single person, every single ethnicity, every single race. Yeah, all of them. I often ask this question, by the way. I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent, but I often ask this. People always talk about, you know, they rave on and on about how the indigenous peoples are destroyed by the, the, the evil European hordes coming from the West and all that stuff, which, of course, is vastly exaggerated. If you know real history and true history, you know that there's a whole lot more to it that all, that all the Native Americans were not just all peace-loving, noble innocents. And, oh, by the way... When, when humanity expands, it's generally the more advanced societies that expand and create more advancement as they go on. It's what they called civilizing the West. Now, if the Native Americans had been far enough along in their advancement, and I'm not talking about military arms, but far enough along in society, that is not how that would have gone. If one society had met another society in terms of, equal, in terms of equal advancement along the way, in terms of refinement and civilization, that is not how that would have gone. And I often ask, I say, well, what would happen if you said that, what if all the tribes from South America, right, came up in the, into, into the U.S. and, you know, did this exact same thing Europeans did, which is, you know, push the Native Americans off there and, and claim it as their own. It was the South, say the Mayans or the Incas or whatever, they, they survived and they pushed their way up through Central and America and into the U.S. and obliterated the, the Native Americans did, or, or just did exactly the same thing we did, put them on reservations and all that stuff, right? What if, what if that was the case? Would we be talking about it in the same way now? No, because they weren't white. That would just be a bunch of people uh, attacking a bunch of other people. And there's no racism there. And there's nothing really bad about that. That just happens in the course of humanity. But we are going to call it the most evil thing on the face of the planet in the exact same way because the people who actually did it were white. This is all just racism at its finest. That's all this is, just like the border crisis. This wouldn't exist if all the people trying to come across, and 80% of them are criminals, if they're all white, we wouldn't have this issue. They would have clamped down on the border 30 years ago. It's amazing what political correctness and racism can do, isn't it? But getting back to my, my previous point, um, with civilization eroding away below us, it's no I guess it's no surprise that people are acting the way they're acting. You know, you go out on a, and you do your... You do your business every day and you go about and you notice 
that just things are wrong, things are off. People can't or won't do their jobs. We're constantly seeing this. We're seeing that breakdown on the supply line, which has never been fixed and probably never will be because we've opened the door to sloth and laziness and stupidity and said it's okay. It's okay that we have entire companies that literally work two or three days a week and rude to you on the phone and say, yeah, that's, that's what we do, sorry. Um, ask distributors, ask people in retail, ask how difficult it is for them to get an order, for them to get an order that's correct, for them to get an order that they can actually, that isn't trashed when they get it. Ask distributors how difficult it is to hire drivers that are reliable. Ask, uh, ask anybody in business how difficult it is to hire right now for anything. Ask the average person who goes out and just goes to the grocery store, or goes to the hardware store, or goes to any store, and ask them what the customer service and the general inventory looks like in that store. Compare it to 30 years ago. Compare it to pictures of what we saw and read and heard about from 75 years ago. And you tell me that's not a colossal breakdown. I go into a store, I will see things strewn all over the aisle. So the inventory is depleted to the point of lunacy, partially due to the, the, the uh, supply chain issue, but also because they don't have anybody who wants to do their job. People in there are moving at a snail's pace. They obviously don't care. They don't know anything. They don't know where anything is. They have nothing. They have no interest in helping you. They, and, you know, what, what are you going to do? This is the way people are now. They, they're, they're wearing the pajamas to work. Nothing you can do about that. I mean, th this is all colossal breakdown territory. This is literally human beings regressing at an alarming rate to, again, the jungle. We used to have high levels of civilization, high levels of ambition and achievement and accomplishment. It's amazing what people used to do. It's amazing what our forefathers and our leaders and our inventors, it's amazing how much they did in the course of a single life. Now we've got millions and millions of people who do nothing in the course of that life, but eat and look at a screen. That's really what it starts to feel like. And because they feel so incompetent and, and, you know, you have to, in order to feel fulfilled and satisfied in your life, you have to do something. It's no surprise that people are bitter and intolerant and uh, very cynical about everything because, you know, you're scared. A lot of fear is at the bottom of this. When everything starts to fall apart, you're, you get the sense that, hey, you know, if it does, I'm not prepared for this. I can't do anything. I can't cook. I can't sew. I can't handle my own property. I can't do construction. I can't fix my car. I can't do any of this stuff. If I don't have people to help me, I'm in trouble. That is precisely what they wanted to set up. That is the communist approach that they wanted to set up. You can't do anything unless we help you. And, oh, by the way, that means your lives are in our hands. So you're just going to have to go with what we, what we say. You need somebody to screw in a light bulb for you? We're going to, you know, oh, not yet? Okay, we'll make light bulbs that you can't figure out or you won't figure out. A ridiculous uh, suggestion? I don't think so. We have entire generations of uh, car mechanics, for example, who are rapidly not going to be out of job very soon here. They're running out of options. Because these new vehicles are so heavily, they're like a piece of electronic wizardry, especially electric cars and hybrid cars, that the standard stuff that everybody used to work on for a hundred years, they're not there anymore or they don't need to be worked on. And, and you know, you have to be a scientist or a computer expert to even deal with these vehicles now. 
So you're, you're erasing them out of existence, and at the same time, guess what else you're doing? You're erasing the possibility that the owner of that vehicle can do anything to help themselves. They can't do anything. It's, it's, all, it's all electric tech stuff. You, you have to bring it in to, in order to get anything done. It's very, you know, simple stuff like even an oil change. It's going to go away. Simple stuff like, you know, changing the bearings or the brake pads or the belts or things that they all used to do. Things that they can learn how to do. You can learn how to do those things. They're not that hard. And, but you're not going to be able to do it. Everything's being taken away from you, taken out of your hands. And the stuff that isn't, you're not learning. You're just not. We have all this with the wealth of information of an entire planet at our fingertips on the internet and nobody learns anything. They don't try anything new. They have no new hobbies. They have no new in interests. They have no new uh, ambitions in life. They, they don't seem to do anything. They're perfectly happy being stuck in a rut and not doing anything. And at the same time, becoming more hostile, more cynical, more bitter, more afraid of what, the, of what is coming down the pike. And that is not a healthy way to live. And I feel sympathy for a lot of people. And I'm in the same boat. I'm afraid too. I think we all are. But I'm trying to keep my mind occupied with a bunch of other things so I don't have to constantly wonder about this. And I'm trying to put myself in a position so where when the crap does hit the fan, I will at least be in a position where I can try to take care of myself. I can survive without relying on the powers that be, on government, in order for me just to survive. You do not want to be in that situation. And by the way, this has nothing to do with your guns. I have to keep reminding people of this. It's not, oh, I got guns, I'm good. Yeah, what's that freaking going to do? How's that going to help you eat? How's that going to help you do anything aside from just create more chaos and havoc and violence? That is not the point. I'm not saying you can't have them. I'm saying they're not going to help us right now. The civilization issue goes well beyond that. The cracking of civilization at its core, the foundation of society is crumbling. And we see it in the everyday actions of people, whether they're just simply going shopping or driving down the road or interacting with others. We see it. They're nuts, they're crazy, they're weird, they're insane, they act bizarre. And that is, none, none of this is normal. And yes, there is such a thing as normal, and yes, we really need to get back to it, or there will be no stabiliz stabilizing this. In order to, to stabilize this, you're going to actually have to revert to the uh, rules and tenets and uh well, the Constitution, really, and maybe in many ways the, the, what the Bible teaches and what other religions teach in terms of, you know, trying to better yourself on a daily basis, all this stuff. We're going to have to get back to that, or, and, and, or there will be no unity, and there will be no sense of individual accomplishment, and we will hand everything over to state and federal governments and just say, well, I hope you can take care of me. That is not a situation I want to be in. It's not a situation you want to be in. But that's where we're headed. So anyway, that's it for me. I appreciate you listening as always. Um, I, I think I'm saying a lot of what you've been thinking, maybe just putting it into words. You know, maybe these thoughts have flitted in and out of your head and gone, gee, I wonder why things are the way they are. Well, sometimes I think about it a little more and I come out with something like this. Um, so uh, think about it. See what you think. Uh, feel free to let me know what you thought as well on Twitter and whatever. I don't, I don't really do any other social media, so I'm sorry about that. But um, so anyway, that's it for me. Uh, feel free to share with friends and family, and I will see you again next week. Thank you.